Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I am re-releasing an older episode. I don't think I've ever done that, but I have over 200 episodes now, and the podcast apps just don't keep all of them, as you may know. But also, there's been so many new people to the Indie Birth community that I thought I would reissue this podcast on the topic of spirit babies. I hope you take a listen if you're curious and interested, and I really hope you come to my spirit baby class, essentially, um, as part of the pregnancy care circle that I will be offering monthly. I will be sharing and talking about spirit babies in the here and now in 2024 in February for this class. I'm including the link so you can check out the pregnancy care circle and the topic for February. So many things have happened in the world, in my life, and just in general, that I really feel that revisiting this topic of spirit babies now, many years later, will be really fun and really insightful. So take a listen to the older podcast, see what thoughts, what questions come up, send them to me by email, marin at indiebirth.org, and I will do my best to include them in this spirit baby class. You do have to register for the pregnancy care circle, so follow the link pay your $29, you'll get the Zoom link, and I hope to see you there live. Of course, if you aren't there live, you will get the recording. All right, here is Spirit Babies from many years ago. Have a beautiful week. Hi, it's Marin here. And today I want to share my stories and experiences, at least minimally, around connecting with my own babies in pregnancy and labor, spirit babies. Seems like spirit babies is more of a topic nowadays, or else maybe I'm just more tuned in to people talking about these things. I had posted on my Facebook page probably a couple weeks ago that I was planning this podcast, and it was really fun And thank you to all the people that posted snippets of their own experiences or stories of their own spirit babies. And reading all the stories and different ways that it goes made me just want to share again what I've experienced. Uh, So less a podcast about, you know, how to or generalities Um, Because in reading other people's stories, I could really see for sure how varied our experiences are and how personal they are. And so I thought sharing them would be fun, at least some of my stories today, and cool for my kids too, maybe someday to listen to this and hear what I thought about connecting with them before they were even here. So spirit babies seems to be the phrase Uh, And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's really about connecting to the soul of potential children at any point. And that could be way, way before they incarnate in utero. So possibly years before Um, spirit babies are to me, not babies, really, I mean, they are, but the souls of these beings may not be infants, you know, they may be wise and, and old. Um, So spirit babies refers to this connection between ourselves and unborn 
children that may come to us. And I think it assumes a connection between the souls. So uh, if you were wondering, that's kind of what I'm going to be talking about today. So with my children, and there's been um, nine births, um, and, and a couple of other early miscarriages, which I'm not really going to talk about because I don't know that I felt any kind of um, connection with those souls, if there was a soul, even that early. I think that's just depends on the pregnancy, really. Um, but with the nine births that I've had, um, my awareness of that there was a spirit to connect with probably didn't start really obviously for me until my fourth pregnancy, uh, which is my son, Rune. And I was reflecting on this, of course, so that I could share. I don't think it's because there weren't connections with the first three. I definitely think there were. But I wasn't yet in a space to acknowledge that in a way that I could really talk about um, I think there's lots of ways to talk about connections between people or souls. And I feel like my first three were um, more feelings. So by that, I mean that with my first three pregnancies, I did feel connected. Um, Maybe not the whole pregnancy. Uh, Maybe I'll talk more about it. But I think in my experience, the soul of the baby has come in at different points in the pregnancy. So I don't really remember with my first three when I felt that. Although if I went back to read my journals, maybe I would have more of a clue. I do have extensive pregnancy and loss journals um, throughout my uh, experience here. So that's a helpful tool if you're into connection and kind of keeping track of the signs and dreams that are given to you. I would highly recommend a journal. Um, But anyway, with my first three... I didn't have necessarily like concrete experiences like I'm going to share. So that's fine. That's what it is. Um, And that may have had to do with me and just where I was at. Uh, Maybe it has to do with the souls, um, these children. Maybe they weren't um, looking for that kind of connection or, or whatever. But again, my awareness and my kind of being thrust into this world of being able to connect with a spirit baby was with my fourth. And I profoundly remember not being pregnant yet with him. Um, I had, of course, my three other children and my third child was older than my other two had been when I got pregnant. So I was feeling sort of wistful. I knew I wanted another baby. And I was sort of getting impatient because my third was, I think, over a year and I still didn't have a cycle back. And so I was getting impatient. And at the same time, I actually had started um, not a course, but uh, sort of an apprenticeship, let's say, with a Celtic shaman in Flagstaff, Arizona. And so Um, These two things sort of coincided as perfectly as things do in life. And I was learning so much from her, not about spirit babies, but just about how to use my intuition more and how to connect to this world outside of, you know, the physical reality that we're in, Um, you know, learning about the veil and what that is and how there are... um, barriers between worlds, but sometimes they're thinner and, and, and the beliefs are and and not that you have to agree with them, but just when I was learning, and these are my beliefs, that um, we can kind of go between worlds that we're not just physical beings, we are very spiritual beings. So working with this Celtic shaman really changed my life. And that is work I continue to do. So this was almost 10 years ago at this point. And I really got to experience things I had never experienced before. So before I got pregnant, I remember doing kind of a meditation or ceremony. And if you look into shamanism at all, there's a technique called journeying. And 
it's kind of hard to explain, but it's like kind of being in a dream state, but an intentional dream state where you're able to get access to maybe questions you want answered or, um, again, maybe other worlds or spirit guides or these kind of things. So I was learning to journey and I was actually quite good at it. It was just something that came really naturally to me. And so in this journey or kind of elevated meditation, before I was even pregnant, I met my son, Rune. And it was a while ago. So really what I'm left with now, this many years later, uh, is the feeling of what I experienced. And the feeling of being in this meditative state where I could connect with other souls and meeting his soul and knowing 100% that I knew him already and that I loved him and that kind of without words, we had many memories and, and many lifetimes together. And I remember feeling this so intensely that I just started crying. Like in this meditation, I was with him and he was part of my life. Um, and it was so emotional and so touching. So that might all sound crazy, but I think that's part of what I'll talk about in a bit is just this being more of a topic that people are talking about, um, because it can seem crazy to a lot of people. And if it doesn't resonate with you or your religious or spiritual beliefs, that's fine too. But uh, it's something that, yeah, can seem kind of crazy if you aren't believing the same things, or if you don't think it's possible. So perhaps it'll open people's minds to just different experiences that some of us have. But anyway, back to the story, I felt really connected to Rune. And I knew he would be coming. And that was my first experience feeling like I got it. And, and I wasn't trying to get it. I wasn't like working on connecting with a spirit baby. It was just in this meditative space I was in, that's what happened. It was very clearly him. I was very clearly aware that he would come to me. And I was told what his name would be. And um, actually, in the meditation afterwards, I remember writing down that his name would be R-A-N-E, Rain, and his name is Rune. So that's happened a couple times where um, it's a slightly different translation with the name that I'm told, uh, and that's okay, too. Um, but I remember writing that, and um, so anyway, I did get pregnant probably a month or two later, and my whole pregnancy was the most unique pregnancy I've had in all of them, all nine of them. Um, well, it's one of the more unique ones. I think his pregnancy and certainly Sable's, uh, the baby that did not come to the earth that I'll talk more about. Um, he was a unique pregnancy as well, but runes was my first pregnancy where I was highly connected to his soul and his spirit. And I could get into this meditative or journey space quite easily. And I could kind of see what he was up to soul wise, um, I could communicate with him. And the really fascinating thing about him when he was in utero was that I felt like he really wasn't in his physical body of a you know fetus, um, that his soul still felt like it was kind of out there in the universe, kind of exploring things and not wanting to really take root yet. But again, I had lots of communication with him and also some spirit guides that he had brought in with him. And so I could probably do a whole podcast on his pregnancy, um, just because there were so many bizarre experiences and, and unique and strange experiences. But I won't. Um, but I will kind of end this story by saying that his birth was quite unique. Um, people that know all of my birth stories know that Rune's birth uh, was a transport after birth. Rune was born after a pretty fast labor, and he did not breathe as well as we expected him to. Now, there's certainly other parts to this story. But from a soul perspective, from a spirit baby perspective, I will say that he just wasn't in his body yet. And he hadn't been the whole pregnancy. So on some level, it wasn't a surprise. And if you knew him now as an almost nine-year-old, 
you would understand the story even better because he's just a unique being and he does kind of drag his feet, so to speak, with transition or change. And he is still sort of otherworldly in a very beautiful and unique way. Um, So again, his birth story from that perspective made total sense. He just wasn't sort of maybe given notice or didn't know that he would have to um, incarnate his body as quickly as was being asked of him by the way the birth was going. Um, but anyway, when he was born, he his spirit was not in his body. And as scary as it sounds, and as scary as it sort of was for a couple minutes, at least, um, he was born without a soul in his body. And I think this can happen with birth. Um, and of course, you know, worst case scenario, the soul has already left or doesn't enter. Uh, and that baby doesn't, you know, come Earthside. Uh, the body does, but the soul doesn't. Um, but in his case, it was a delayed coming. So he obviously did come into his body. Um, but it was the most unique experience from a soul perspective that I had had. And that was really, I feel like, an initiation into working more with spirit and spirit babies in my own pregnancies and being aware of this connection so that I can probably uh, relate more or maybe, you know, assist more uh, with other women and their pregnancies and, and different ways to talk about these things that I don't think everybody has. So I thank Rune for that initiation. And thankfully, um, it hasn't been as dramatic, really, uh, other than Sable's story with my other pregnancies, but they have been just as connected and, of course, unique. And that means different in every way. So after that came Belgium, and she came into my body just seven months after Rune had been born. And I, of course, was still journeying and meditating, and I was still very much in the learning and practicing of this craft. And um, I was told very clearly by Rune's guides that there was this girl, and she was part of Rune, meaning they were kind of like twins, but that they obviously didn't come at the same time. And that was for a specific reason, but that this baby uh, Belgium would be kind of his counterpart. And they literally, the guides literally asked me, you know, is this okay? Um, Do you accept this soul coming? And and so far in my life here, I have never said no. So um, that's kind of another story. But I did accept that Belgium wanted to come. And I was pregnant literally within days. And so those two are very close in age. They're about uh, 15 months apart or something like that. And they are two sides of the same coin. If you saw them, they look very much like twins, for sure. And they, when they were babies, it was hilarious because they both sucked their thumbs, which none of my kids have done. And they sucked opposite thumbs. So they kind of were like these mirror images of each other. And they look different than, or they looked different than the three that had come before them. They seemed like they had kind of come from another place. And I still think that, um, again, you would have to know them, but they are very unique children and, and different, but the two of them are very much the same. So I started to really trust what I was being told more. And there's so many facets, I think, to these conversations. Um, But in learning shamanism, that is, you know, a continued journey. I certainly wouldn't say I'm a shaman or a master of this or anything like that, but I've continued to learn. And really the thing that I think all of us are being asked to accept in our lives, whether it's through religion or shamanism or whatever else we come up with, is that we can trust ourselves, that we really do know. And where this knowing comes from, of course, is a bigger conversation. Uh, Maybe you could just say it was, you know, myself or intuition, or if you believe in a higher being or power, then um, you accept that you've been given the knowing from them. It doesn't really matter, I think, for the sake of this conversation. But these experiences started to really drive home that I am connected. 
and that I do know and that I'm really connected to these souls and my body and these pregnancies. And that for me, um, I'm not crazy, you know, so and I don't care what anyone else thinks, really, these are my experiences. And, and the more I've had, again, the more I'm convinced that we all have this ability, should we choose to connect with these souls. And I think they are asking now more than ever. And that's what I'm seeing as well, in my tiny little practice, um, getting women that are, you know, sort of of the same beliefs, that these babies are asking for connection, and that there's different ways we can do that. But this has been my experience so far. So Bel- uh, Rune in Belgium certainly taught me that and, um, you know, continued to have experiences, of course, throughout Belgium's pregnancy. And let's see, who was after that? Um, um, True's pregnancy was very much the same way. Uh, for those of you that have heard the longer story, that's when I gave back my license and I really became aware of this truth in birth and this truth within myself. And um, my whole world was blown open by his pregnancy and birth. And I credit that to him, you know, um, not that he's necessarily conscious of that, you know, running around as an almost five-year-old boy, but the soul that inhabits him was very communicative as a wise elder during his pregnancy and birth, and taught me more than I could even have time for. Uh, But of course, um, shaped indie birth in a huge way in the last five years, and has really changed what we're doing. So that was due to this spirit connection. Um, It wasn't just due to, you know, having a great birth, although that's fine, too. Um, It was due to this connection and the wisdom that was shared with me through him. Uh, So after that, we had Ever. And um, Ever's pregnancy and birth were very connected as well. Um, Some of them I felt more than others. So uh, Rune, for example, I didn't feel as much, but I was having all kinds of experiences that were communicating to me guides and these sort of visions or journeys. And then with Ever, it was more feeling. It was feeling her personality, um, feeling her color, seeing her colors, and and just feeling kind of like what she wanted or who she was. Um, I'll probably talk a little bit more in a bit, but her spirit animal, and they haven't all had spirit animals, but her spirit animal was a coyote. And um, I would see them all of the time before I got pregnant with her and during her pregnancy, And the coyote, if you look it up, is very much a family animal. Um, They're really connected to their family and their structure. And they're also kind of tricky and wise. And um, anyway, these were all just feelings around her. And, And that was really cool to experience a spirit baby as colors and feelings and spirit animals and to look for signs and messages. Now on to, let's see, um, after ever, of course, came Sable. And of course, most people listening probably know that Sable, um, you know, if his soul was in his body, which I think I still don't know if that really happened, um, left his body around 16 weeks. And that was a crazy experience and very much a soul connection, a spirit connection. Um, Loss, of course, is a complex subject. And I'm not going to speak for anyone but me as far as like what that means or how it looks or how it should feel or look. Not going to go there because I don't, I would never speak for anyone that way. But um, with me, I was not really aware of Sable as a soul wanting to come. I felt very strongly a girl a girl, a girl, a girl. And in the end, I think that was Deva. Deva was present for years before she um, incarnated. But somehow, because of whatever maybe karmic agreements I have worked out, Sable came first. And I don't think that was an accident. But I do think Deva has been waiting. And for whatever reason, she kind of allowed Sable to go first. 
And I didn't feel him as a boy and that kind of thing. Um, when I f- realized I was pregnant, again, I thought it was a girl. I thought it was her. And then I started to slowly be connected to what was going on in my body and, and outside of myself. And I realized it was not her. And that was okay, right? I welcomed whoever this was in and was sort of caught off guard because really with all of my pregnancies, I felt like I have known who's coming. Maybe not tons of time before, but like with Belgium or, um, you know, any of them, I felt like I know who was coming next. I've just been a feeling or uh, a way that they've connected with me that I've known, especially the sex of the baby that's never something that I've been wrong with, with my own pregnancies. So again, Sable snuck in, sort of, kind of, and I welcomed him, but I was confused. So through the brief amount of time I was pregnant, so that 16 weeks, I did have connection with what I assume was his soul, even if it wasn't in my body, it sort of felt like it was floating around me. Uh, that he hadn't committed to his body. And I had very realistic dreams of him dying, of him leaving his body. And I'm not saying that to freak anyone out. I think dreaming of death, even when we're pregnant or miscarriage, can be a common theme because it's a fear for most of us. And I think it can mean other things. But these dreams weren't pretend. They were the kind where you wake up sobbing and covered in tears. They were real. So I had two dreams that he had died. And I tried to connect with him more and figure out like what was going on. And it was really hard to get more out of him. And all I really ever got was it's okay. And so, you know, I had never experienced this kind of loss before. In my maybe naive brain, I interpreted the okay as, you know, he would incarnate, he would be here. But that wasn't what his intention was. It was okay, and it is okay, but he wasn't going to stay. And that was a very real answer I got from him. It just wasn't what I most expected. So, I don't really remember, I would have to look in my journals how far after the last dream it was that he did actually die, but it wasn't very long. It was a couple of weeks. And so this, of course, is a more somber story, but I think really relevant when it comes to spirit babies and connection that this one had this connection and and still does. I very much feel him around. But it is obviously entirely a different connection than I have with the other children. And on many days, because I do think of him every day, I don't even think of him as a baby. Uh, I can totally get into depression about it on some days. Um, Parts of this postpartum have been hard in that regard, where I can just sob and, um, you know, imagine he's not here and I could have been holding him. But most days, the connection is not as a mother and child. It is just with a soul that came for a short amount of time here, uh, but is still around me and is still wise. And I still feel like I can ask for guidance. I felt like Sable was 100% a guiding force between, um, or not between, behind Deva's pregnancy and birth and still is that he's still around and always will be and that he very much watches her and protects her and so um, let's see where was I going with that so Sable left his body and the most soulful experience I really have had with him was in the loss in the four months that he his body stayed in mine and his soul was not there. And really all I had, other than, you know, perhaps medical technology and other things that um, are available to have removed his body, all I had was this connection with him and being able to talk with him in ceremony and meditation and journeying and, and saying, like, what's going on? You know, like, you left. 
And I went through every stage of grief uh, with that in mind and with this connection. And I'm so grateful to have had the connection rather than feeling like, you know, the soul just left and was nowhere to be had. And I was just left with this body inside of me. I very much didn't feel like that. In fact, the body inside of me on some level was the least of it, uh, you know, kind of like the least consequential. I knew that that would eventually go, but it was the communication with him as a soul to more work that out. Like, what am I supposed to learn from this? And why did you go? And why aren't you here? And what's next? And what does this mean? And why are, you know, so in other words, I use the connection, the spirit baby or the soul connection with him to get through that time. So people ask me, you know, how did you get through that four months or um, even the loss in general? And again, I have good days and bad days, just like any other human. But I'd say above all, it was this connection that allowed me to be in this experience and hold death and not lose my mind, although I thought I would many a time. And ultimately to emerge with, yes, a sadness on many days, but a greater understanding. So I think that's not a foreign concept to many people, right? Like religion has been around for a long time and um, connection and and understanding that there is more than us here on this physical plane. Um, That's not a new concept. So uh, yeah, this isn't really anything new. I think it's just talking about it in the context of our own babies, our own pregnancies, and talking about it in a way that we don't have to feel crazy. Um, I'm assuming if you think this is completely nuts, you probably have shut off the podcast by now. Uh, But otherwise, I think it's becoming a more common thing to talk about if that's possible. If people are talking about it on Facebook, it's certainly not crazy. Uh, People rarely put themselves out there, you know, to look that way, I think on social media. And um, again, many women have these stories. So I'm not really unique. So, um, you know, I don't know how much more to keep relaying specific stories, but I guess I should finish up with Deva. And I think I have a lot to say about her. So maybe it won't be so quick. Um, Let me just catch up on my notes here before I tell Deva's story because then I will be confused. Uh, Maybe I'll talk a little bit more generally for a minute about some of these concepts. And then I do want to share parts of Deva's story just because it's still pretty fresh. And it's a pretty cool story in general, I think. But when the souls come in, I think is something like I've shared, I don't think that's a predetermined time. Um, Now, I am aware that there are specific beliefs around that in certain cultures or maybe religions, and that's fine. I think it's cool to think how different we can approach these topics. And mostly, I I think for me, it's been more of an experience of how different each soul can be. So I can remember, you know, in Belgium's pregnancy, of course, I knew she was coming, I felt connected to her. But as far as feeling her soul in my body, in her body, I can remember exactly when that happened. Um, I was actually at a birth of a good friend. And she ended up birthing a little girl. And at that birth, I literally felt Belgium's soul come into her body. So it's just something cool to think about if you're open to it, especially if you're pregnant. Um, that if you're not feeling super connected, especially if you're early pregnancy, that I don't think that's weird. I think this happens when it happens. And there's nothing we can really do about it, except be aware and trusting ourselves again. So um, like I said, with Rune's pregnancy, I didn't feel his soul in my body in his body. And it was disconcerting. And sometimes it was scary. I didn't know what that meant. Um. And so I don't think there's even anything that it means. It's just maybe what these souls choose to do. But I think that's a really cool concept. I do think or have experienced that when we're contacted by souls that want to come in, they are, well, I don't know that they're always ours. I think once in a while, a soul can make contact with us and and possibly be for someone else, although I don't have 
any detailed experiences with that. I mean, I know it's possible, but probably further communication with that soul would give you that information, I would imagine. But the other part I was going to mention is I don't think when we're contacted by souls, it's necessarily linear, meaning that our concepts of time is not the same with these souls. They, you know, I guess we could assume they kind of live in another dimension, right? And they don't see time and months and dates and years like we do. So I know I felt that even when I've wanted to be pregnant and each month thinking, oh, maybe this is the month and feeling like I am because I feel this connection. And then it turns out I wasn't. And, you know, when that happened a couple times earlier in my experience, I doubted myself. And I think lots of women do that. And of course, there's many reasons why we would doubt ourselves. But um, for me, I've discovered, oh, that's not because the soul isn't around, like I'm not crazy, and I do feel this soul, but their concept of time is just different. So, you know, the soul is going to come, but it's not right this minute, like this month. Uh, Maybe it's not till next year, but I still feel them around. I think the other way that these souls contact hasn't seemed linear to me is having dreams about specific births. Uh, Many of us, I'm sure, right, have had pretty detailed birth dreams, right, where you're birthing like a specific soul, you can feel it in the dream. And, and maybe when they emerge in the dream, you can even identify them, you know, it's a it's a boy, like you thought, and this is his name, like you thought, and that is that soul. And then in your next pregnancy, perhaps even in the beginning, Uh, maybe before you've made a strong connection, you think, oh, well, that's the soul that's coming, because I had this dream, and I know that soul's coming. But for me, that hasn't always been the case. Um, So I feel like I dreamed about, gosh, I can't remember now if it was Rune's birth or True's birth, a boy. But it was a couple pregnancies before it happened. And it wasn't until I went back and read my journals that I thought, oh, that makes more sense. Because Um, In real life here, that birth looked exactly that way that I dreamt, but it was years ago. And there was a baby in between that wasn't him. So I think that's a really fascinating concept that these souls can kind of be in our atmosphere, for lack of a better word, and their timing isn't what we thought. And the story I shared with you about Sable kind of coming in before Deva, that I think is a great example of that for me, because in my mind, I felt a girl, well, this girl was to come next in my linear brain. But that wasn't what was planned. And I really had, I don't think any control over that. So thinking about things as nonlinear as possible, I think could be helpful when communicating with these soul spirit babies. Um, Let's see what else. Yeah, I had written a little blurb about intuition and how that's developed for me by being confirmed. And uh, just to repeat, I think the example about Sable was, again, another huge learning opportunity for me, Um, again, to know to have communicated with him that he was okay, and to have it, you know, that he didn't want to be here, and that was okay with him. So, you know, I'm not saying that we're always right. But I think what we think is, quote unquote, right, as humans, again, in our linear brains, sometimes is different than what these babies mean, because I kind of think they're a lot more complex as souls in a lot of ways than not than we are, because I think we're all complex souls. Um, But the way we function here on Earth can be rather two dimensional. So I think these babies are like four dimensional, five dimensional, I think they have a lot of complexity that we've sort of forgotten we have. Um, So our interpretation isn't always what they mean. But I would repeat, it does come back if you're interested in this kind of thing. And if you've had these experiences, to trust yourself, and to write these experiences down, and you will see over time how many of them are validated. And you will be amazed 
at what you're capable of. Again, I think it's something we are all capable of. So um, I would repeat keeping a journal if you're interested. I have books and books and books. And if I were to read all of them, even before this podcast, it would have been like a five hour podcast. Uh, But I did look over Deva's journal. And I actually have a whole journal from when Sable was gone. So over the four months, and then I have another journal as I, you know, got pregnant with Deva and through her pregnancy. And I was just astounded reading it the other day to kind of prepare. Now she was just born, she's only four weeks old. And so her pregnancy is still pretty fresh in my brain, but I was amazed at how much I had forgotten uh, that I had written about my experiences with her. Now, I wrote in her birth story, uh, which is on the Indie Birth site, the Indie Birth of Deva Catherine Sage, mainly about my connection with her, which I think, of course, is what prompted this podcast. Um, I would say that my connection, my spirit baby connection with Deva was amazing and intense and, um, you know, just different, different than runes, different than Belgium's, different than all of them that had come before. And I would chalk that up to just, you know, her soul and her story, but also because there was a loss before her because Sable did choose to come before her. And I do believe that as souls, they had that worked out. So, um, again, at risk of sounding crazy, which, is really inconsequential when you think of how cool these stories are that we all have and should be sharing. Um, I was very aware of Deva from years ago. I knew there would be a girl. I could see her. I didn't know her name yet, but I was aware of her. And I knew that she would be here. So again, Sable came. That was unexpected. He left. And even when his body was still in mine, I was communicating with his soul and it became this like, you know, three-way conversation because Deva was very much a part of my loss and of mourning him and communicating with him. And the way that looked, or not really looked, but the way that sounded was and felt was just her being really present during his loss. Um, To the point, again, where I doubted myself, I doubted my intuition. And many times I told myself, oh, gosh, Marin, it's just because you're grieving. Like, you need the thought of another baby to hold on to because you're sad. And, um, you know, I think it's easy to interpret things again in that human way. And you're certainly willing to make your own interpretations when these things come up for you. But now in hindsight, I see how wrong I was. Yes, I was grieving. Yes, I was mourning. Yes, it was nice to know that she was there. But it was more than that. She was very strong willed, and wanted to come immediately. And I repeatedly, you know, obviously told her like, that's not possible right now. Like he needs to go. And you guys need to work that out because, you know, he's, his body's not coming out. So um, I don't know what that's about. But for you to come, we all need to be patient. And it's funny, that theme of patience was phenomenal and something, you know, I much needed in my life and still do. Um, But very much a characteristic of Deva was this impatience. And that was something that really carried through her pregnancy. Um, and I can't really explain it better than that. It was just this feeling of her being really anxious in a good way, um, a really positive way to be here, to be earthside. And so much so that all through my pregnancy, I feared her coming early. Honestly, that was my human interpretation of that and repeatedly told her through the pregnancy, you know, we need to wait, you need to wait till April Um, you know, you you cannot come early. We do not want that. Like, (laughs) unless that's really the way it's got to be, because I do trust these souls to make their decisions as well. Um, But if it's up to me, you know, just calm, 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 you need to wait. Um, And in the end, she did come a week early, which was way earlier than I even expected. So that theme did carry through. But anyway, back to when Sable was in there, she was very strong willed, she was very talkative, Um, it sounds crazy, of course, but at times she was sort of angry with him for coming first. 
and really just wanted him to get out of there so she could get in. Uh, at the same time, I think they're very connected and very close. So again, this is complex. These souls are very complex. So that was what I felt. And of course, once Sable did leave in March of 2016, um, I very much felt her every month. And I didn't get pregnant until July. So it was a couple months of very much feeling her, but it not being time. And that wasn't due to I felt her she would have, you know, she would have been in as soon as possible, but my body just wasn't ready. My body needed time to heal and, um, you know, time to just hormonally balance. So she had to be patient through that time. And of course I did get pregnant in July and all through her pregnancy. Again, I could probably talk forever about this, but there were so many signs. There were so many ways to know that it was her, that we were connected, that this was the soul I had been waiting for. And of course, um, as someone that had just experienced loss, this was hugely comforting. And when I do a podcast about pregnancy and loss, I'll probably talk even more about it. um, Because I think there's lots of ways pregnancy after loss can look, but this was just my experience that I was really comforted and, and pretty joyful throughout her pregnancy. And things definitely came up. And I don't know how much I'm going to talk about the things that came up today. Um, But there were fears and there were even some physical worries that came up for myself and for her. And each and every time a worry came up, I connected with her in a way that I had never connected with any of these souls before, because she just had such a strong voice. Um, And she would tell me just repeatedly, like, I'm fine. I'm with you. Like, I get that this is hard and it's okay. Everything you're feeling, it's okay to be scared. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. And I really, really, really had to trust that. And I'm glad I did. And a lot of the time that was what saved my sanity. I don't think pregnancy after any kind of loss is easy. Uh, Sometimes just pregnancy, frankly, isn't easy. So that is what saved my sanity a lot of the time. And um, again, looking through my journal, I had journaled all kinds of things about her. Um, Even before I was pregnant, I knew that she was really fiery, that she had a really like vibrant personality. Um, The month before I got pregnant, I had a scorpion just walk pretty much right in front of me at my mom's house. Um, I haven't seen a scorpion in probably seven years, if that. Uh, And I'm really... Um, I'm not into necessarily, but I'm really respectful of animal medicine and, and spirit medicine and just paying attention really to what goes on around you. And, and what does that mean? Right? I don't think anything is an accident. So, uh, you know, a tree falls in front of you. What does that mean in your life? Right? And so it was like that with the scorpion. I remember looking it up and Um, Honestly, I don't remember the meaning right now, but it had to do, of course, with fire and change and probably even fertility. Uh, I had posted on Facebook before I got pregnant that the, the week before I got pregnant, I was out visiting a client that had just had a baby. And I got out of the car and a huge bumblebee attacked me and stung me on the belly. And I went home and looked up bee medicine and bee medicine is all about community and fertility So um, there were so many signs that Deva was coming and that it was um, good, you know, quote unquote, good, that it was meant to be um, in the way that we think things are meant to be. And that, again, was just hugely reassuring. And I could put my trust in those things because of the experiences I've had before. And again, despite superficial doubts, those were amazing. Uh, so as it turns out, Deva is a fire sign. She is an Aries. And of course, that's something I never could have known before I got pregnant. I didn't know when I would get pregnant. So um, I got some validation with that. And we'll see about her personality. But chances are it's um, pretty fiery. One really cool thing that Deva did communicate as a spirit baby was her name. And I could do a whole podcast about the names that my children have and how they were communicated. But I'll just tell Deva's story for now. So her name was just told to me and I can't explain that more than I can explain it. 
Um, it didn't come in a dream. It came in a journey. And I probably asked, I don't really remember if I asked or I was just told, but um, I was just very clearly told her name. And um, that's a lot like Sable's name, which you can read his birth story uh, and the meaning of his name. But that was a really strange experience because, of course, it ended up meaning exactly how it unfolded. And Sable was never a name I had ever even heard. So, um, you know, again, doubting yourself or is this intuition? Is this real? And um, Deva's name, I just didn't doubt. You know, I didn't absolutely love it when it was told to me. So when it was told to me, probably before I was even pregnant, I just said, okay, you know, I'll keep that in mind. And I thought, well, we'll see, you know, it'll become clear. I don't know if I really want that name. Well, she wanted that name. um, And that came through more connection and more conversation and just more signs from the outside world. So with Deva's name, um, literally the day I got pregnant, I went to someone's house for kind of like the Sedona gathering, uh, which was totally unlike me anyway, really. And at this gathering, the woman opened this kind of like ceremonial circle with her name, uh, which sounds really weird, but it is Sedona, haha, number one. And Deva means goddess. So this woman had unknowingly to me created this celebration ceremony around goddesses. And that's how she opened the ceremony. And I was kind of sitting in the front row and she starts, you know, the whole thing with um, chanting and Deva, Deva this and Deva that. And I thought, oh my goodness. But I smiled and my heart was just so happy because I knew that it was right and that, um, you know, my communication was accurate and that this would be. Uh, Another experience I had with Deva's name was doing a sound session with the awesome um, Anne Beliveau, who's part of our indie birth groups. And I have a podcast with Anne from probably a year and a half ago called Sacred Sound in Pregnancy or whatever. And Anne is wonderful, and she does these sacred sound sessions by Skype if you don't live near her. Uh, She's in Connecticut, I think. So um, she had offered me this session, and I don't even think she knew I was pregnant. Um, I did tell her, but she had just offered me this session as a gift, and I accepted that, and I had this wonderful session where um, I just listened to her create music over Skype for me in communication with me and the spirit, and it was the same thing. Um, she didn't know my baby's name. I never, ever, ever tell anybody the soul's name except for my husband. And Anne ended up spending a good deal of this sacred sound meditation chanting Deva's name. So I, of course, was in tears and, um, you know, she was just in her space. So she didn't know what was going on with me. But I did message her later and and I just said, um, wow, that was amazing you know, and and she agreed. She's like, wow, that was like, really, I was really connected. I really felt like the mother energy. I felt your baby. And I told her, um, you know, I'm not going to tell you my baby's name, but uh, you said her name several times and and it came to you. So she was kind of amazed, of course, but uh, not amazed because I think she is of all of these same beliefs. So it's both amazing and both sort of, you know, ordinary at the same time, if we expect that we have these abilities and we have this connection. So that was really awesome. And uh, just the other day on Instagram, I posted just this funny photo. Um, I was in a store, a clothing store, right when I got pregnant. And um, I picked up a shirt that I really liked. And the name of the shirt, for whatever reason, was Deva. So I took a photo of it. And my daughter had found this photo the other day. And she was like, Oh, mom, like, did you take this? When did you take this? And I told her, Um, so anyway, I have probably 10 more stories that I won't bore you with about Deva's name, but obviously was very important to her that I get that message. Um, oh, I do have to share the sort of final story about her name because I think it's, um, opens up a little bit of a conversation about the partners that we have, um, and what their connections might be to these spirit babies. You know, do they have them? Can they have them? Should they have them? And my husband is really connected. He also has um, studied shamanism. So, you know, we, we have a lot of the same tools at our disposal. 
But I don't think he'd ever say that he's connected to any of our souls, our babies in utero. Um, He's aware that they have souls. Um, He's respectful of that. But you know, he just hasn't done that himself, um, for whatever reason. So with this baby, uh, I don't know that I intentionally or out loud asked for any help or his participation. Um, but he did highly participate in, um, the connection with Deva. And I don't know, I didn't, I haven't asked him sort of where that came from. Uh, maybe it was because of Sable. Maybe he felt that I maybe could have used his extra support. Uh, maybe he just felt, you know, from Deva that she wanted his connection. I don't really know what he would say, but she was highly, um, communicative with him as well, which again had, has never happened. Um, I mean, literally the night that I got pregnant, he said, you're pregnant, it's a girl. And he felt very connected to her. And again, reassurance. Um, That was really beautiful to me. And I probably cried uh, because I needed to hear that. And it was super special and, and loving and emotional to hear that from him because he doesn't make things up. And he is very intuitive Uh, especially for a man, whatever that means. So um, that was really cool. And then with all of our babies, pretty much, they have told me their names. And so the arrangement between my husband and I has never been like, let's sit down and come up with baby names. It's just not how it's been for us. Um, It's always been they tell me, and I tell him. And he's never once said no. I mean, he just accepts that these are their names. So how cool is that? Um, but with Deva, you know, he said one night we were laying in bed, I remember, of course. And he said, you know, has this baby told you her name? And I kind of brushed it off only because it was really early. And I almost felt silly saying it out loud. Like, I just wanted to be more pregnant before I got into all this name stuff. Um, definitely kind of like a coping mechanism uh, after loss, I think. So I kind of brushed him off. And I was like, yeah, 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 she has a name. But you know, not yet, not yet. And he's like, come on, you know, what, what's her name? And I said, you know, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to tell you right now. Um, But you can ask her, I was kind of being silly, like, just ask her, she'll tell you. He said, okay. So he sat, you know, we laid in bed, and he kind of had his arms around me. And he just said, just tell me how many letters it is. And so I did. And, you know, in less than probably 10 minutes, he had guessed her name. And, you know, he just went letter by letter, he just kind of would focus. And he said, the first letter is D. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, you're crazy. Yes, it is D. And then he did that for the other three letters, he guessed all of the letters of her name. Um, And yeah, you can think that sounds totally crazy. But um, yeah, there's no way you can make these things up. I don't think he is again, highly connected. And and for whatever reason, she is just a really insistent present soul. And so um, he is amazing. He's an amazing um, intuitive sense and connective ability. But I do think it was largely her, you know, wanting him to know. So that's my final Deva name story. I think that's a pretty good one to end on. And um, I'm sure many of you have similar stories. So again, not painting any of these as unique, just kind of putting them out there, because I don't think people do. And I think it's nice to share these stories. So I do welcome hearing yours as well. And um, continuing this conversation about spirit babies. I think I'm going to skip a lot of what I had and talk about it at another time. Um, Some of the struggles that I experienced through her pregnancy. Maybe I'll include that in the pregnancy after loss podcast. Um, I will say that dreams are certainly a way to connect. I think that's probably pretty obvious. But I'll just say that with Deva, I didn't really have that kind of connection with her. Um, It was, again, more through journeying and signs I would get in the outside world. So just opening up, again, you know, the the broadness of this topic, that there isn't one way to do it. Um, There isn't a way that it looks, there isn't a right way. It's really just how it goes for you and the tools that you might choose to use. Um, I did ask in dreams, though, and I think that can be helpful. If you're feeling really not connected to anything, 
that sometimes our dreams can help. So to make an intention before you go to bed, um, to try and connect with the baby and just say, hey, you know, I welcome your communication in dreams and I'm open to hearing from you that way. And I did that, but I'd never really had dreams with her that um, fostered a connection that was more. And that was fine with me. I was getting the connection in other ways. And really for me, I feel like after Sable, um, a part of me needed to not do that. Um, I needed to almost not dream in too much detail just because of what I had dreamt with him. Uh, Very much probably a coping mechanism kind of thing, but it was okay. Um, Deva and I really did work out ways to connect. And just to kind of, you know, tie it all together, uh, that connection really did take me through her labor. And I still feel this very much to her as somebody that's here on earth now. Um, Of course, she can't talk, she's a newborn, but I feel like I understand her and I'm and I'm able to um, continue this conversation with her in a different way now that she's here. And I really look forward, <clears throat> excuse me, forward to um, obviously as she grows up and and hearing more about her. Um, and that's with all of my children. Um, my three year old ever told me the other day that she used to be my mom, and she said to me very clearly, "Used to be the mom, and I was the baby." Um, oh no, sorry, backwards. She said she used to be the mom. Yeah. And, and I was the baby. She said, you were my baby and I used to hold you and your name was Summer. So, um, again, I think if you're open to these kind of things, there are lots of resources out there. Um, you can find all kinds of blogs and even people doing spirit baby connections. And that's awesome. Um, you know, even to get started, I haven't done that personally, like used someone else to communicate with my baby. But I think, sure, why not if that resonates with you? Um, Ultimately, I think we have these tools ourselves. But for some of us, it's just finding our way getting started, like how, how we do this. Uh, So hopefully, this has given you a few ideas if you're into this idea as to how to communicate perhaps with souls around you and what that might mean. But there's lots to ponder. Again, I don't have answers per se. I only have some of my own stories. So um, I hope that this has been helpful to you. And oh, there's one more thing I wanted to address. This is kind of getting long, but I'm not sure where else I would address it. Um, Someone had asked me a while ago, and probably because they knew that I had some of these beliefs or stories, um, they asked me a question of, like, why do some babies, you know, choose different things? Like, if we're so connected, you know, are all these births just going to be perfect? And these, you know, what about these babies that come in in a traumatic kind of way? Like, and and again, I'm not saying I have the answer, I just have my take on things, which you can uh, literally leave or take. But I do think that many of these souls, um, at least the ones I'm seeing, are looking for um, love. I mean, I do think they're of a high vibration, most of them. And they're looking for these birth experiences that we're talking about. Um, I don't think I'm talking about them just because they're important to me. I think I have felt the needs of at least my children coming through and many of the women I work with that these souls are asking for, you know, undisturbed births, they're asking to be with their family, they're not really wanting um, trauma. But of course, not every birth is quote unquote, perfect. I think the story I told about Sable um, is sort of has something to do with how I would answer that question. Um, that our interpretation is only our human interpretation. So in other words, we see a C-section birth perhaps as less than ideal. Um, and, And yes, I think on some level, that's true on this physical plane. Yes, that can be very traumatic. It can hurt babies, it can hurt mothers, it's bad for bonding, like we know all of these things in our heads. But yet there is a wisdom that is beyond us. And so um you know, I think our labels of good or bad don't always mean the same to these souls who might want a certain experience. So again, I can only speak for myself. Um, And with Sable, he got the experience he wanted. Um, I believe he wanted me to have a certain experience so that, 
you know, for a million reasons, just because that's the experience I needed to have, um, you know, even so I could help other women or, you know, I have walked this path of death, like there's many, many reasons why. So I can't judge that experience as bad, even though in our culture, in our society, loss, for example, is bad. It's not ideal. It's not something we want. Um, But again, it's approaching these really controversial topics, I think, from a different perspective at times. And, you know, I'm certainly not saying that someone's had a C-section or um, a loss that these are the the things we say to them, you know, that's not at all what I mean. These are, these are truths that we may come to on our own or not. I don't think it's something we need to tell anybody else um, that, you know, your baby chose that because that's what he needed. I think that can sound and can be, you know, in reality, really harsh and, and not compassionate at all. So I'm not offering that. I'm just saying in our own minds, in our own hearts, uh, sometimes um, some of these concepts can ring true for us or not. Uh, But I thought that was kind of an interesting question, you know, Um, I think souls are complex again, and, and we don't often know what the path or the lesson is. So we're here on earth right now. And I imagine we're all here, because we have certain things to experience and learn. And, um, you know, we don't often know what they are those lessons are or how they should look. And I think spirit babies are a great example of that, Um, you know, communicating beyond what we have here on the physical plane, learning to trust our intuition, being open to uh, higher lessons. These are all the things that spirit babies bring to the table. Besides, of course, most of the time, incarnating into wonderful souls that we have here as our children.